episode of chart watch and new release news of 2023 so this is week zero one now this is um, a special edition of chart watch um, because i'm going to talk about the future of the cd format and also my thoughts on vinyl and physical music overall um, and I'm going to be quoting from the Entertainment Retailers Association recent report on physical sales. And also Sylvia Montello is the CEO of UK's Association of Independent Music as well. And over this year, I'm going to be talking to various record retailers and record labels about their feelings towards how physical media is performing. Um, obviously, specifically music, although in this episode, I will touch a little bit on DVD as well, just out of general interest. So if you're watching this on the YouTube channel on the Naspin Magazine website, hello and welcome. And if you're listening to this on the Naspin Magazine podcast, hello and welcome also. And please make sure you subscribe, like, link, share, comment, and help support Naspin Magazine. So before I go into the numbers, obviously because it's Chart Watch, I'm just going to touch on um, the number one album at the moment in the first week. Um, in the Christmas week, which I didn't do a show um, because it was actually Christmas, Michael Bublé got to number one um, with his Christmas album. And I mentioned that because that knocked um, Taylor Swift down to number two again. And um, his sales for the following week dropped by 96.51%, literally overnight because it was a Christmas album and it was no longer Christmas. So he fell out of the top 200 instantly. And Taylor Swift bounced back up to number one, which I think was the third time since the album Midnight's had been released. Now I mention this because the overall album sales to get to number one in the first week of 2023 was 11,311. That's the lowest number to get to number one, I think there's been for, well, I can't remember. I mean, I've been quoting numbers of 22,000 to obviously Taylor Swift's 200,000, um, what it was when she first got to number one. But overall, the average sales for a number one album is around the 19 to 25K point. And for Taylor Swift, out of that um, sales, only 3,603 were physical. And I can break that down to 2,155 copies on CD and 1,432 on vinyl. How many cassettes do you want to know? 16. Okay. But I, I mention this because I've been saying, and I said in my Christmas special, um, that when I've been looking at the number one album, um, sometimes number two album and breaking down the, the, the sales between CD and vinyl, CD has shifted more units than vinyl. And so I'm always trying to show love for the CD format because I'm, I'm a music collector. I'm a music fan. I don't collect formats. I love music and I love the aspect of holding physical music in my hands, as many of us do, who subscribe to Naspinny Magazine and lots of other like-minded channels and platforms, etc., that support music like this. But Music Week had talked about before Christmas about the fact that vinyl sales had 
at overtaking CD for the first time. Now, I've got some more data this time. And as I said, this is from the, the ERA, which is the Entertainment Retailers Association. And th these are preliminary figures, which will be confirmed by March. And they're different to the BPI in that they track the retail sales revenue tracked by the official charts company rather than units. Now, overall, music sales, including physical streaming and downloads, increased by 3% in 2022 to almost £2 billion. So I'm talking about the UK here. That's their highest level since 2003 and nearly double the level of their low point in 2013. So that is excellent. And it says here that... Um, as it said, that we're, we're within sight of exceeding two billion in retail sales value first time in more than two decades. And uh, music has to be great to win people's attention, but it's the buying and consum consumption experience that ultimately persuades people to put their hands in their pockets. And I think this is very true. Now, the main driver um, for growth has been streaming again and such as Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, Apple Music, and subscription streaming revenues have grown by 5% to 1.66 billion. According to BPI's volume figures, audio streams increased by 8.2% to 159 billion streams, which is absolutely amazing. Now, the, the thing I want to mention there is how this has changed in the world of physical music collectors is I remember not long ago, probably 18 months or even pre-pandemic that lots of Facebook forums like the Compact Disc Collectors Cave and all these big these are places have got about 25,000 um, you know people in their in their groups lots of things on other platforms as well that if anyone mentioned streaming you know they would just literally get torn down um, because everyone would say I don't stream I never will stream never have streamed etc you don't see that now see a lot of people saying, yeah, I, I stream. I stream in the car. I, I stream when I'm away. I stream when I'm upstairs. Um, yeah, I still buy CDs or I buy a vinyl album, but yeah, I stream. And I think even hardened people who always sit, probably thought they never would now stream. It's very convenient. Um, if you look at the Naspany Magazine's latest January playlist, which is on Spotify, um, you'll, you'll notice that there's loads of bands there you probably aren't aware of. But they've all been discovered from streaming, you know, from platforms suggesting things to me that I wouldn't have heard of before. And there's so many albums in that list that, I'll be honest, I have not bought a CD by every band that's on that playlist. Um, because it's just, you know, there's over, I've picked over 20 for this month. A lot of those bands are new to me. Some of them I have got a vinyl album or a CD, but a lot of them I'm still kind of plowing through and, and, and enjoying their music before I make that move to support them in a different way now the the main driver for um stream sorry for sales has been taylor swift's midnight uh, which has sold like absolutely boatloads of about of vinyl albums but it also sold a lot of cds which i'll i'll come on to at the moment now physical sales fell slightly by 3.8 percent to 280 million pounds um but the ERA said the figures were levelling out as the higher priced vinyl format showed sustained growth as the CD slipped. Now I mentioned that there was a slip in CD 
before Christmas, which is what my kind of my show was about on that respect. And the BPI have reported a 13.1% decline in physical album units, although the CD alone, the unit sales decline was 19.3%. Now I can't, I can't deny those figures, but the fact is, as I, as I talk, as I go carry on through this um, video and podcast, there are other things to take into account on how these numbers are being combined, really. So vinyl sales grew by 11% to £150 million, while the CD album sales fell to £124 million. That's the first time vinyl has outsold CD by that value since 1987. So that's 35 years, is it? Um, the change was predicted, um, but the scale of the gap in the first year that these formats have swapped places is significant. And nobody's going to say, before you start seeing this in lots of other videos and newspapers, that the CD is dead, okay? Because £124 million is not something you're just going to walk away from. That's still a huge chunk of revenue for the music business and for the bands and the artists and the labels and etc. Everyone keeps the wheels turning. But it has dropped considerably overall. So you might have thought that vinyl has just crept past the CD, but it's actually jumped by nearly £25 million, really. Now, the ERA's uh, Kim Bailey welcomed the results of vinyl and stressed that retailers are subject to prevailing economic pressures, which are cool, which, is, which of course they are, because you've got to think about the price of records, the cost of living crisis, etc. And quality pressings, issues of pressings, the leading time for, for vinyl, etc. Although all these things have got better. Now, another thing I want to just mention, this is the bit where I just wanted to mention DVD sales, because it always amazes me, especially now for many of us who stream using Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Channel, um, you know, whatever else, that, and, you know, the, the, the brick box and all these things, all of our box sets, our DVD boxes, is the fact that so many record shops still have so much floor space given over to DVD. Now music uh, physical sales have gone down by 3.8% but there's still 280 million as I said. Downloads has gone down by 17.5% to 45 million. Streaming has gone up by 5% to 1,661 million. Video is still worth £209 million physical DVD sales, even though it's gone down 11.5%. Obviously, physical rental of DVDs has gone down nearly 20%, and digital streaming of DVDs and films has, has gone up considerably. The real difference for those of you who watch this show or listen to this show and go, oh, the charts are so different than the old days, you know, how many albums you'd sell to get to number one, etc. is that there's so much more choice or so many things trying to get our attention now. You know, when I was a, when I was a mere teenager, um, it was either football or music. That was it. In the 80s, people started buying VHS tapes to tape things off the telly. And then they might buy a few tapes, but the real game changer, really, that shifted people's attention away from music was gaming, computer games. And that's worth physical computer games in 2022, 
although it's gone down 4.5%, is still worth £488.6 million. And digital is worth £4,175 million. So a lot of people's eyes are on games. Okay, so the music thing is, music is different. Although all of this is just pulled into one giant entertainment cat, um, category, really. Okay, so the other thing that's changed within vinyl, and I, and I think this is a good thing. Some people may not, if you're into too much nostalgia, is that there was a point not that long ago where vinyl sales were nearly all catalogue. When I say catalogue, I mean the, the obvious ones. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, Fleetwood Mac, Rumours, you know, the, the all, constantly in rotation, these the classic albums, you go to look at the vinyl selection in HEV or any shop, and it was the usual suspects, the suspects that many of us have grown up with, and, that we, and we must think we're in a time warp, that we flick through the racks and we're seeing like Disraeli Gears by Cream and Beatles albums, etc., thinking, you know, weird. But that's changed, and I think it's good. In the you know bands like you know Taylor Swift, Wet Leg, the 1975 etc. are now selling large numbers, you know, to a younger music fan who's finding their own bands to follow, and and so it's not just old catalogue vinyl classic albums. It's now contemporary new artists who are selling the records. And what I wanted to also mention, quote uh, Kim Bailey here, um, is that. The rise in vinyl sales is now in its 15th year and may be partly explained by the loyalty of fans when presented with multiple editions by artists in their labels. Now, this is very true. Uh, the rise of the humbuckle set um, is an interesting point because so many people now who are really big fans of an artist or a band will actually look at the bundles they can buy and if you buy a deluxe set you'll find that a cassette is bundled in with that and of course if you buy the cd the vinyl and the cassette in a in a bundle with a signed print that's three sales and if you have you know three different colored vinyl editions and you do that with the cd as well that's six sales bought by the same individual and some and the people that do that are very excited and they love it but the prices have been increasing with new releases now off to above £30, which is obviously a considerable outlay for an artist's most committed followers. And Kim here says it's a matter of balance. Clearly, exclusivity is a successful sales driver. But if you push it too far, you run the risk of resistance from fans and achieving multiple sales of the same record to a relatively small number of fans clearly works from a revenue perspective, but we should be very wary of going to the same well too many times. And I, th I totally agree with that. So the sales for physical products is more niche and it's more specialised. But I think there's only so many times you can make people buy the same thing multiple times before people start to pull back. And the quality of the package and how you put it out has a massive impact. And I think this is one of the things that will also impact on CD, which I'll explain in a moment. Now I'm going to move on now to Sylvia Montello. She's the CEO of the UK's Association of Independent Music. 
And she quite rightly says, after what I've just read out, that the long-term viability of the CD is under scrutiny. The format has declined at an accelerating rate last year, with sales down, as I said, 19.3% to 11.6 million CDs were sold in the UK. Yet, as I mentioned earlier, Taylor Swift sold the highest number of vinyls for an album, you know, that year. But the CD sales outperformed the LP release completely, and especially with releases by Arctic Monkeys and Wetleg, with 67,877 CDs were sold of the car by the Arctic Monkeys in two months last year, and they had the biggest selling CD by any act in 2022. Now, Sylvia says the format can still be valuable for the independent sector. And it's a really interesting one because it depends on who you talk to in terms of how many CDs actually sell and where they sell. Now, that's true, isn't it? Because the way the charts and the way all this is, is combined will be only do, to do sorry, with outlets that are in the, the entertainment retailers system or the chart system. Not everyone's in it. So if you're buying CDs directly from a Bandcamp web page or, you know, lots of online retailers, I'm not sure whether, you know, lots of things like Cherry Red and lots of large radios have that, they're not giving over the figures to, to the charts unit or it's, you know, it's whether they distribute to those outlets, whether they get picked up on. So I think this is very important because lots of specialist labels are releasing CD box sets more now than they've ever done. And they certainly wouldn't be doing that if the market was declining that much. So what Sylvie says is very true because some people might say, well, it's not selling very much to to fans of rap music. I mean, we had a number one uh, last year, which had no physical sales at all because all the sales were streaming. And then we'll have something else where it's nearly all physical. It depends on the genre and the demographic of the music fan. So obviously the importance of CDs has declined for several years in the UK and in certain genres it's, genres, it's next to zero, as I've just said, and rap will be an obvious one. For other genres and for other demographics, it has its place and that would be obviously hard rock, heavy metal, um, a lot of classical music and um, obviously the CD box sets and etc. And then those career defining things, which I'll come to in a moment. What's hit it has been the re reduction in supermarkets and generally stores stocking as many CDs over the last decades. Now, to kind of illustrate this point, um, I shared the, the last podcast on this subject, looking at CD and vinyl sales on LinkedIn. And uh, Carlin King, who's a, who's a music lecturer at Birmingham University, actually left a comment saying, all the people who buy CDs, how are they playing them? Now, at first thought, I just thought that was like a bit of a silly question because obviously, you know, now Spinning Magazine, uh, many of the people that subscribe to to our channel and, uh, and, and all the groups and the platforms we're involved in have probably got several CD players. And it seemed such a like obvious question. I actually, I actually went back and said, well, the, I know from my youngest son who buys tons of vinyl that some of his friends who buy vinyl don't have record players but they still buy the vinyl albums. And um, Carlin said, oh, that's called silent vinyl. Now, I don't know how serious that phrase was, but there were two things going on here. Because if you do buy a CD and you're, you know, you're, you're 16, 17, 18, and you 
or, or early 20s, you buy a CD. Where do you buy a CD player from if you haven't got one? And if you buy a vinyl album from HV, you can buy one of those, you know, carry carry case vinyl turntables with the little speakers built in. You can actually buy your, you can be set up. You can be set up immediately as soon as you leave the shop. But where do you buy a CD player from? Think about it. I mean, it's more like me talking about my Roxanne um, CD drive and using my DAC, you know, to get the best possible sound through my, you know, dedicated amp. But how many, how many people in their early 20s are going to do that? And actually, if you think about it, buying a CD player is actually not as easy as it was. So it's not just the fact that they're not in the shops as much as they were either. Uh, going back to Sylvia, she said um, there's still a place for CD for some independent labels who want to put out physical product and enjoy the margin that they can get from that. Sometimes they're now putting out CDs or cassettes because they're cheaper and quicker to manufacture than vinyl and it can still provide something physical and tangible that fan base can buy into. So it will always have its place. As with anything else, the consumers will be the ones that decide when a particular format has run its course. And she says, just look at what happened to vinyl. And this is very true. I don't think anybody 20 years ago would have imagined that it would come back as it has right now. So let's see what consumers and us music fans will dictate what formats will live or shrink or grow themselves which is exactly what, in a sense, all of us are doing, isn't it really? Now, I am a big supporter of the CD, but I just wanna point out some things that I think are important. Now, those of you listening on the podcast, I'll do my best to help you visualize this. Because what does help a mu any music fan want to invest in, um, the physical side of music is the tangible aspect of feeling that it's fan first, as I mentioned before, in that something is being put together that feels worth it. So Cherry Red Records do a, you know, a career spanning box set. Um, the Keith Hartley band, Sinning For You, which, which was in my top box sets of, of 2022, is a compact box with little mini gatefold sleeves and a big booklet and the whole the whole of the band's career is in one place. It feels well made, it feels exciting, and I feel connected to it. And, and I do think that the CD box set is the perfect vehicle for the CD format, where you can combine multiple albums into a box that fits into the music fan's house without causing disruptions with the rest of the family. And it's more cost effective and they sell. Where I feel the CD has lost some of its oomph is the single latest release CD option. And many of these might be selling for $9.99 or $7.99 or $10.99. But when you actually get them through the post, if that's how you've ordered it, it can arrive and all it is is a single fold-out digipack with a piece of card and that's it. And it can feel very... It can feel like you've bought some software from years ago to put into your CD drive once. Um, it can feel like not much effort has gone into it 
it feels cheap. It doesn't feel, you know, there's, there is no booklet with it. It's just all printed out on the inside it's the sheet, card. And that's it, nothing else. And you know, you just, it doesn't feel like you're connected to it. It's still a physical release, but it feels like something that will be stuck on the front of a magazine and given away for free. Am I being unfair there? I don't think I am. Um, Ghost's previous album had been released in a similar way, just a fold-out piece of card with a CD slotted in, no booklet. Last year there, it turned, it went back into a jewel case with a booklet. It felt like a totally different thing. And, you know, I've got some independent artists, you know, that have sent me things in that have got fold-out, triple panels, signed, signed card prints, big booklets. It feels like it's special. K-pop um, are all on CD, but they come in boxes with other things, you know, other memorabilia, other thing that connects you, you know, they're like handcrafted. And I think it's that aspect that is making people look at vinyl as well. And I'll be honest, when I buy a CD box set and I open the box and it's a, it's a box set from a band that is from in a previous period or decade and the albums have been reproduced in in replica little gatefold sleeves why is that special it's special because it's the iconic tactile thing of a vinyl album and i cannot escape that a huge piled high shelving of vinyl records kind of looks like books um, it, ha it has a kind of romanticism to them. Um, and I was talking to um, Lee, my youngest son, about this. And because he streamed everything until recently, and now he started buying records. And he does stream a lot and buy a record and not always play it straight away. He has a record player. But when he first started collecting albums, he didn't have one. But it didn't stop him buying them. And he just thinks they look, he thinks they look cool. He thinks they look just feel like the real thing. He, they they feel bigger, and I think it's because the some as I said some some C, CDs now are made in a way where they don't feel so special. Um, I've got a couple of examples like the ZZ Top one. It's it's very eco friendly, but it's just a piece of cheap card with a CD slotted in it. Um, it is easy for me to stream that. There's not much really to get excited about. And the same as the, you know, the same as the Sammy Hager album. Great album, but it's just a fold-out sheet. It feels like I'm being not thought of as much if this is my preferred format. Whereas something when I bought the album by the Cats in Space, I bought the vinyl album, which I said is like buying the hardback book to me now. Whereas the CD feels like the paperback. And again, a bit like an analogy of books. We used to sometimes go to the library and borrow books because we didn't necessarily want to own that book. Like if it was just a novel, we'd read it and then, you know, we wouldn't necessarily read it ever again. So that's like streaming, isn't it? You know, we play things and we just want to say, well, do I want it or not? Um, but this, you know, double vinyl album comes with a booklet, the size of the album. It feels very special. Fair to Cats in Space, their CDs are also very well put together as well. But I think these two dynamics are are changing the way people 
look at physical formats. And I do think, and I'm absolutely sure of this, is that many music fans now, um, and this could be an older demographic, are quite happy to mix formats. Because as I said at the start of this, I am a music fan. I collect music, I don't collect formats. So to me, it's all the same, whether I go to buy, sorry, go to play one of these records that you can see behind me if you're watching, and, or I go and get a box set and put a CD on. I don't think, oh, I'm doing, does it? It's just I'm playing the artist's output. And obviously I've got some things on both formats and some things on one or the other, and it doesn't bother me. It's whatever I feel I want to do to support the artist that fits in with my lifestyle and my budget at that time. So I'd really like to know what, what your thoughts are on this, but I, but I do think, and this is a, I have to admit, when I started Now Spinning Magazine, I was probably very much CD only. Obviously, when I started doing classic album reviews, I was showing you vinyl versions because I got them. Um, and I'll also be honest that a lot of my record collection was in the garage. It was out of sight because, you know, I'd given away a lot of things in the early 90s. The great vinyl call, as it's sometimes known, around the world. Um, but now new vinyl arrives here and I really, really enjoy it. And so do box sets. But I think the, the weak link is the single release CD where it looks as if hardly any effort has been put behind it, which cheapens the product. And in some ways, in the, in the 80s, vinyl went the same direction. That instead of being a double album, because they tried to pack 60 minutes of music on, they crammed it all onto a single album, which meant it was a noisy pressing, it was quiet, there was no lyrics, no, no lyric sheet, there's no gatefold sleeves, there was bare information on the back of the vinyl album, and vinyl started to feel like it wasn't loved, it wasn't cared for, and fans deserted it to the new shiny disc. And I think all formats will exist, and 124 million pounds worth of CD sales is worth protecting. Um, and some labels like Cherry Red are very much doing that with their box sets, etc. And I do think the box set is going to have a very positive future and the Jethro Tall ones, which look like books anyway. Um, but they're put together with love and attention. There's tons of stuff that's been put in to make it like, you know, they're thinking of the fan first. But the ones that don't, it's going to be people thinking, well, you know, I'm going to buy that album for 35 quid because I really like that band, band two. I'm not a, such a big fan, so I'll buy the CD. Um, and they'll look at the CD if it comes in a, you know, a digipack or a fold-out panel with a booklet. It's a similar thing, but if it's just like a single sleeve and it looks like it's a, something, as I said, you've been in the front of a magazine, you're just going to leave it there, aren't you? So it will be interesting to see how this goes, but I will every week be showing you the breakdown of sales between the number one and number two album in regards to physical formats. Okay, let's move on to the last part now of this um, video, which is looking at some uh, big release, big releases coming along, which are obviously to do with, you know, brew releases as well as new stuff as well. Now, the things that have uh, taken my eye, and one of them, of course, 
at the time when we're doing what would you like to see in 2023 releases is now being confirmed which is black sabbath and the tony martin years um which has got all the albums in plus some bonus material as well which that's been great but again that's a perfect vehicle for cd i don't know if there's going to be a vinyl one but it's you know that that would be perfect for that thing lizzie live and dangerous is out imminently and that's an eight cd box set and definitely going to get that but again if that was vinyl that would be at least 16 albums in a box and that as far as i know they're not attempting that robert palmer the island uh, record years is nine cd with a but it's a vinyl size box uh, with a booklet in it etc and all the cds in it i don't know whether that will be a vinyl set but again that's a perfect use for the cd really and i've also got the rolling stones el Moncabo, 1977 two cd set um carol king home again live from central park new york city 1973 that's due in may um rolling stones in mono number limited edition colored vinyl 16 album box set that'll be heavy literally um trapeze don't stop the music which is out imminently and i'll be reviewing that on the channel rubert hines service tension studio works 3cd poco uh, the a's and b's 2cd set on bgo stranglers feline deluxe edition 2cd set and nectar man in the moon deluxe edition that's on pyramid and we have miller anderson bright city remastered and expanded edition on esoteric which is due in march and also we have Redbone, the A's and B's on BGO. I'm not sure if that's been out before. Barclay James Harvest, Once, which is a three CD and one Blu-ray disc set. Cheap Trick, Live at the Whiskey, 1977, four CD set. That's got some good reviews as well so far. I've mentioned Thing Lizzie, Your Farewells in London, I mentioned, and Walk on Water. And also we have Diane Warwick, Sure Thing, the Warner Brothers recordings, 1972 to 1977, which is a six CD box set. Again, I think that's going to be on Cherry Red as well. Porcupine Tree, I know this one will be a good one. Deadwing, the deluxe edition, three CD, Blu-ray box set. Um, that'll be fantastic. Um, so looking forward to that as well. So that's everything for this week's extended chart watch episode so i hope you enjoyed it and i hope it gave you food for thought um, but remember as i've always said that music is the healer and the doctor so keep spinning those records stay safe everybody please comment get in touch if you've got anything you'd like to say anything you'd like to see covered on the now spinning magazine videos podcast or website it'd be great to hear from you take care and i shall speak to you very very soon